Welcome to track number two of Going Deeper and Doing More. I really advise you to make sure that you are fully around for as much as, uh, so that you don't actually miss the part that God needs you to have. Some of the parts are just background, like yesterday, so just a background. I told you we started opening Psalm 65 before I started speaking, then we went around and we came to the Psalm 65 after four hours. Do you, do you realize that? Yeah, because you need to have a background to what we are saying. Otherwise, you know, it will not be in context. Then, I like it when you are nearer. Please come nearer. And those in the last two rows, I think you are a bit far. I'm feeling lonely up here. If you could just come nearer, please. The last two rows, I think you are a bit far. Alright. Blessed is the one who the Lord chooses and causes to approach. I see you approaching now. Amen. Good. Psalm 65, verse number 4. Yes, better. And lower the volume a little. Just a little, okay. Psalm 65. Now, praise waiteth for thee, O God, in Zion. And unto thee shall the vow be performed. Amen. How many of you are good at keeping promises? You know, one of the things you need as a good, I mean a Christian, is the ability to keep a vow. When we say the ability to keep a vow, the ability to say something and do what you say you will say you will do. In, and it's something that runs through your whole nature. And runs through your whole um, character. Every aspect of your life is affected by that. If you say, I will do this, then you do it. Because everything we want to do is often challenged by circumstances and by things. So if, for instance, you say, I am going to serve the Lord when I go to America. Then serve Him now. You get what I'm saying? Just start serving Him. Implement it. But there are many reasons why you cannot serve the Lord in America. I'm happy to see all of you here at the camp. In fact, I'm impressed. Amen. I'm impressed. Because with American jobs, I think you prefer camps, isn't it? To evening services. It's good. Um, I believe that, I believe that um, as, you, as, you, as you are able to keep your word, you know, on all fronts, you get it? it, it really helps. It's something that God needs. God needs people who stay on course. I was talking to um, Dr. Otabel, those of you who may know he's a pastor in Accra, and um, I was telling him that I... I appreciate him, I admire him, he's doing well, I appreciate the things he's done, the university he has built, you know, we don't have the university, when our universities go on strike, he's the only one who can control education in Ghana. So, and then he also said, uh, he also really admires me and appreciates me and respects me and all that. <laughs> and, he, and one of the things he said was because of your focus, he said you have remained on that line, you know, that original line of that we are winning souls, we are doing whatever. He didn't specify all that, but he knows what I, 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 I am into, all right? So I'm just trying to say that God also appreciates, and you know, it's, it's something that a mature person knows, recognizes that when somebody said this is what he would do, he's doing that thing, and he's still doing it. Years go by, troubles come, difficulties come, 
problems arise, but you are still on that road. It's a very important thing. You get it? It's like marriage. You say, I'll marry you, I love you, I'll whatever. Married people have quarreled. Many married people have quarreled before. Smoke even has risen up in the house before. But marriage, if you are a good person and you, you, you keep your word, know how to keep your vows, you will stay on the road. Amen. And, and that is it. Don't think that somebody... You know, when you see couples moving around together and so on, they all look so rosy, everything looks so beautiful and so on. That is not the... That's the outside picture. It's like everybody here has dressed up nicely. But the Bible teaches us that we cover the uncomely parts. <laughs> so that we, we all look nice. Is that not so? Yes. So we've all come out trying to look nice. Trying to look our best. Is that not so? Yeah. But, but it, it, does, it means that, you know, um, there, there are other things that, you may, that may not meet the eye. And so... Uh, if you are married, you must know that it is, it is that commitment. In fact, actually being married and staying married, is that commitment that I said I would marry you and I am marrying you now. I said I would be with you to the end for better for worse and I am staying with you to the end for better for worse. It's that simple. That is what it means. It, is, it doesn't mean everything is perfect, everything is rosy and in this environment where we have um, what do you call it, a lot of divorce, if you don't take care, you can follow those type of things. You know, and you should be careful. Some of these talk shows and so on, they are not helpful. Especially the American ones here. You know, I was talking to a pastor in um, uh, Louisiana and I was telling him, since our church began uh, 10, 11 years ago, we've had only one divorce. You know, after all the marriages that we, we've had. And... Uh, and even that one divorce that we had, it was, I mean, you shall remember and all that, all right, but it's not a certain, of a certain, what do you call it? I would say that, I would say that we didn't have a certain influence that we, we have, on, uh, have had on some others, you see. And um, he was saying, I mean, that is, I mean, incredible, amazing, impossible here in America. They're divorcing all the time. You marry or you divorce. You marry or you divorce. But for all the marriages we've had year after year after year after for the last 10 years, we have not had divorces, we are not having divorces, and we want it to stay that way. In fact, in fact we are actually embarking on, a, you know, um, we've started a, a marital school, you know, as a headquarters, you know, just to school ourselves in marriage, post-marital school, for those who have been married for some time, to revive and to encourage and to kill all insects and Caterpillars that wants to come into the marriage. <laughs> Amen. But the whole idea is so that you can keep your vows. I, I don't know whether you are seeing what I say. It says that, unto thee shall the vow be performed. Amen. Amen. So a vow is something that is often not difficult. Hannah, Hannah, you heard of Hannah? Hannah was a woman who was, you know, she prayed to the Lord for a baby. And then the Lord gave her a baby and she said, Lord, if you give me a child, I will bring the child back to you. That, I think for a woman, is probably one of the most difficult things that a person could ever do. To keep that particular vow. All of you who have children, you imagine that you are going to leave, deposit your child somewhere and that's the end of the child. You are going to leave the child in a temple with a priest. Yeah. 
I mean, some people who are mothers, just to leave your child in the next room and be here and concentrate. You can't even concentrate. You have to go and fast over nothing and come back. Yeah. When people are being paid or organized to fast for you, you still have to go and add your fasting to the whole thing. Is it not true? Yeah. And Hannah had to go and leave the child there. In fact, that thing, eh? Ah. <laughs> I think it's one of the wildest things. But God blessed her and gave her six children. I mean, that's a miracle. Because she was somebody who was just not having children. Somehow or other, the child was not coming. And so in the end, a child, I mean, one child came and she knew. I mean, when you have had one child, you know that, Charlie, this is it. By the grace of God, the thing which wouldn't happen has happened. What else can I ask for? And she gave it away. I'll tell you something that God looks at all these things in order to bless you and to, 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 to work with you. You know, because when you are with somebody who can change his mind, it's a dangerous thing. Oh. Amen. You are with somebody who can change. He said, I said it, I have changed my mind. Hey! Chili! <laughs> it's very, I mean, it's very unsettling. Because the person said, I'll be with you, I'll do this. Then he's changed his mind altogether and he's telling you something that I really appreciate you, I like you, everything. But I've changed my mind. Smiling, he's changed his mind. I was ignorant then. I didn't know. But we are all ignorant sometimes when we take them. Sometimes when we are vowed. I'm sure Hannah has not had a child before. Your child is going, you are breastfeeding the child. You are looking at how nice it is to have a child. Look at the child, you love the child. She has not experienced it before. And before she, she had that, she made a promise that if I get the child, I'll give the child to you. So she, she, she could also get up. I didn't know what I was saying. I didn't know that a child needs to be looked at after at least 10 years and 12 years and 15 years for him to go to university before I bring him to the church. And she, she didn't say all that. She said, I made this promise. This is what I said I would do. Here. Finish. That's how giving is too. Financially. I said I will give and I have, I have brought it. Finish. Whatever it means, this is what I have done it. I said I will do it, I have done it. I said I didn't know that I will have this bill. I didn't know this. I didn't know that. I didn't know this would happen. I didn't know I have a funeral, a marriage, a dad. It's the same thing. Amen. God is looking for people who can keep vows. Look at Psalm 15 before we come back to Psalm. This is also very important. I don't know why. Psalm 15, verse number... Hmm. Let's see. I didn't even know why. That's why the Lord is showing it. Verse 1. Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? He that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness... How many want to dwell in the tabernacle of the Lord? We are, our theme is going deeper and doing more. He that worketh uprightly and worketh righteousness and speaketh the truth in his heart. He that backbiteth not with his tongue, nor doeth evil to his neighbor, nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor. Verse 4. In whose eyes a vile person is contemned, but he honoreth them that fear the Lord. He that sweareth to his own head and changeth not. Hmm? Notice that verse. These are the people who will come to the tabernacle of the Lord. People who can swear to their own head. In other words, you are saying something that is going to hurt you, but you still change not. And that's what I believe that friendship is like that. Amen. Amen. I believe that even 
friendship is like that. You can have a friend and you can be the person's friend and change not. Most of the people who have been my friends are still my friends. Yeah, very, there's very, very few people who are, who have, like, they were my, my friends who are not my friends. I mean, I may not see them. I may not, whatever, but I don't have any quarrel with, with anybody like that, as far as I'm at least on my, on my side. And those who have been my friends are still my friends. Because there is a way of living where at least there was friendship between me and you, and there will be friendship between me and you as life goes on. Fine. Amen. So I, I'm saying this because I believe that it's a very important thing. Who will go to the tabernacle? People who can keep their words. Yeah. Amen. Who will go with you to your tabernacle in your bedroom? And who will you marry? Would you marry somebody you are, you are not sure whether he's going to change his mind? Are you going to, is that the person you are going to welcome to your tabernacle? Ben? Would you welcome somebody like that to your tabernacle? Someone who's going to change her mind? After a while, she look at you and say, your hair is getting finished. I, I'm not used to that. I want a young man. Eh? No. You bring somebody to that room when you are sure that the person will keep his vows. Amen. Alright. So going deeper and doing more. Let me give you a few reasons why we should go deeper. Number one. And uh, if I can get somebody who is very good at opening the Bible to open some scriptures when we... Alright. Somebody should find Acts 20 verse 32. Somebody should find Acts uh, Romans 15 verse 20. And somebody should find Galatians chapter 2 verse 18. Alright. Now, the reasons why we must go deep first of all and because we want to do more. Amen? 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 Now, the reason why we must go deep, because we want to do more. The second reason is because we are likened to buildings. Many times. Okay? We are likened to what? Buildings. Okay? Now, in a building, right, only a building with a deep foundation can go high. Alright? So that is, if you like, the third reason. I don't know how you want to write your reasons, but so that you don't forget. Only deep foundations can hold a big, tall, great building. So that is why we must go deep. If we really want, and God has likened us to a building. Amen. Now, who has found Acts chapter 20 verse 32? Mm. Amen. Thank you. I commend you to the word of His grace. Amen. To that which is able to build you up. Hallelujah. To that which is able to build you up. So God is trying to build us in this camp meeting. He's trying to build you up, Kweku. Are you, are you with me? He's trying to build you. And so at this time, as God is trying to make you taller, you sometimes you wonder, God is trying to take you, make you taller, and He's just taking you down. Those of you who, who, who know, I mean, Accra, I remember some years ago, they were building this uh, building, mobile, uh, next to Mobile House. It's now called CD House. It's one of the tallest buildings in Accra. And I went to Mobile House to see somebody, 
and there was this fence all around it. And I went to look at the fence, and I saw the deepest hole I've ever seen, at least in Ghana. In fact, one of the deepest holes I've ever seen. And I wondered, what are these people trying to do? It was so, 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 so deep, a vast area, very, very, they had cleared out everything deep down. And lo and behold, they were trying to build the biggest, tallest, mightiest building in Accra, called CD House. So if God is taking you now, listen carefully, you, my brother, my sister, and he's trying to make you into a mighty man or woman of God, the first thing that he's going to do is to try and take you deeper into his things. I said, God is selecting you now. And I see God selecting some people right now. Blessed is the man who God chooses and causes to approach you or even to come deeper. Because it means that he's about to use you to do a great thing. You know, years ago when I was in scripture union, you know the game I would play? The, the games I would play would be, uh, we, we call it, we used to call it B races. I had a friend called Senor, we used to play that game. We meet and we start, that was in scripture. We just quote. That was our game. That was our game. We write a scripture, if it is uh, John 3:16, and I'll quote it, then he'll quote another one. We'll quote and quote and quote until you can't quote anymore. And the one who can quote, the last verse has won. So we will quote Zechariah, Habakkuk, Haggai, Genesis, Psalm. This. That was our game. That was our play. I used to meet him and we just played that game. I was getting deep in the word. I mean myself, I didn't even know. Those are the things that have, have been my foundation. The word. Quiet time. The person who taught me how to have quiet time. She's called Betty. She thought, I used to have my quiet time every day. I remember I used to go for classes. I would have this quiet time in the morning, 4 a.m. I can remember having Bible study and quiet time on Moses. I would read just the story of Moses and every time I would get a rev. Up to today, I remember those days. And you realize that God was preparing me for something I didn't even know. And so before God even starts to try to use you, He tries to take you deeper. So today I'm informing you that God is trying to make you a deeper person not just by this camp, but even by showing you what is going to make you deeper. Because this camp is going to take you a step deeper, but it's also going to show you how to continue going deeper. And if God is going to make you great, how, how many are going to be great and mighty in God's kingdom? Oh, I see you being great and mighty. I, I'm seeing a vision of a tree, a big solid tree with a lot of birds resting in the branches. God using you. And that thing that God is going to use it for first is going to make you deep. Some of us are shallow. We are in the church all right. And you see, nobody can tell. When you are shallow, nobody can tell. <laughs> because we all look the same. Amen. That's why you can't judge somebody by looking outside. We all look the same, but some people are deeper. Some people cannot come for this thing, but they've come. Some people can come, but they have not come. We have even pastors from London who have traveled. They, they are living in London. Here that they can. I didn't invite them. They have come at their own expense. If some people want to go deeper, and that effort to go deeper just reverses and makes you taller. It's a wonderful thing. 
So that's why you see some people, some will say, oh, if there's a cab, me, I want to be there. If there's this, I want to be there. It's as if they are emotional or they are, you know, extremists or they are excessive. But there is that thing that you want to approach and go in higher so that you can do more. Amen. And it is those who go in deeper who end up doing more. Hmm. All right. Only deep things can go high. Amen. So that's another. Who is reading Romans 15? Verse 20. Romans chapter 15, verse 20. All right. Romans chapter 15, verse 20. Okay. Lest I should do what? Build upon another man's foundation. Here again, you hear the word build. Everybody say build. God is trying to build something. And in building, one of the things, if you want to build a small building, you go shallow. If you want to go higher, you have to go deeper. So God is trying to build us. And I'm telling you that many of you here have been like ordinary members. You just attend. You just visit. You just are preached to. But sorry, but God is trying now to make you into something bigger. And what is, in order to do that, He's trying to take you deeper. Because He's building you. I'm telling you, God is building you up. Nobody should rule yourself out. If I have not been ruled out, you cannot be ruled out. I said, if I have not been ruled out, you cannot be ruled out. People can rule you out, but God, once God has not ruled you out, nobody can rule you out in this world. Me have been ruled out many, my name has been cancelled many times. From the time I was in Atimota School, I was ruled out. Yeah, I've been ruled out. Don't, I'm saying, I'm saying, include yourself now. Women, don't let anybody rule you out. Men, don't let anybody rule you out. I'm telling you today, if God has not ruled you out, nobody can, somebody can take a pen and cancel your name. But if God has not cancelled your name, who is cancelling? Come on, please. Which type of paper are they going to use to cancel your name? When I was in Scripture Union, you know what? When I was in Scripture Union and they were having leaders, they were selecting leaders. First of all, even in the secular, when they were selecting leaders, prefects, I was never, I was not selected as a prefect. I went to Achimota School from one to upper six. I was not chosen to be a prefect. In fact, let me start from uh, primary school. Let me start from primary school. When I when I was in primary school, before I did my common entrance to go to secondary school, when we were in the school when the common entrance results came, I had 296 for my common entrance. And when the result came, and they looked at me, it's like, this guy, it's like nothing good can come from this half-cast boy. They were surprised because I was one of the best. In my, in my year, that's one of the best. When I did my O-level, this was also just moving around. When the results came, seven ones, one, 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 one. One in physics, one in chemistry, one in biology, one in general maths, one in art maths, one in literature, one in geography. What else is there? One in English literature. English, I had to. <laughs> but what did you have? What did you have in English? <laughs> Yeah, the people ruled me out. That time, then we came to sixth form. One of the best students. And I was on the Western compound. Make me a prefect. At least pre-prefect. Pre-prefect. Yeah. 
I can't, it's like I don't have any leadership qualities at all. When they look at me, it's like I don't have leadership qualities at all. It's been pre-prefect. That I would just arrange the tables for people to sit down and have do their prep. I was not chosen. Then, scripture union. I was ruled out. I've watched myself being ruled out all the time. Then, scripture union. When they were going to have the executive. Make the executive. We have the president, we have the vice president, we have the prayer secretary, the general secretary, organizing secretary, um, treasurer. Um, no, I think that is it. I was not the president. When, because I was one of the main uh, 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 scripture union leaders. And in fact, I had actually started the scripture union on the western compound. That has never existed for the school, at water school. As you know, it's like a university. Those of you who know, there are two compounds. There's one compound on the east and another compound on the west. Okay. Now, on the western compound, what's the problem? <laughs> on the western compound, we have a number of houses and the eastern compound. We have. On each compound, we have a library, we have a dining hall, we have an assembly hall. Etc. And I never, we, we never had scripture, you know, in the West. But me, I started the scripture, you know, in the West. Western branch of the scripture, you know. You know what? When they were choosing leaders, I was not made a president. I was not made a vice president. I was not made an organizing secretary. I was not made a general secretary. I was not made a treasurer. I was made nothing. I was made prayer secretary, assistant prayer secretary for the West. Which has never existed before. Just for the West. Yeah. <laughs> I was ruled out again. And I'm telling you that maybe people will look at you and say, you, you are bad. You, you are this. You, you are like that. Some people have a way of assessing you. You know, and judging you and condemning you and finishing you off. Today I'm informing you that God has not finished with you. Nobody can finish with you. Nobody can finish you off when God has not finished. They may say, oh, you, you are this, you have done this, you have done all those bad things, you are like this, you are this. No, please. Once God has not ruled you out, nobody on this earth can rule you out. Can rule you out. Amen. So, I am, that is why God is now trying to take you deeper. In fact, if you are here, you are special. I say, if you are here, you are special. If you are here in America, you are sitting here now, you are special. And God is now, I can see him just digging a deep foundation. And from that foundation is going to come something great and mighty. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 3. So, who was reading the last verse? Galatians, well, 2 is here. Could you read it for me, please? If I do what again? Build! Here again you see the word build, 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 build. Read it. I make myself a transgressor. Thank you. So right there you see that God is in the process of building again. I want to use the word building. Okay. Another important scripture, First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9. Very important. It says, Okay, it says, yeah.
You are what? God's building. You are God's investment. All that God has in you is what He has been building. He's been building. You see, that is why I was preaching on Sunday. I was saying that some of you, eh, the investment that has been made in you is so much that for you to be doing nothing and just be watching the pastor and be watching us as we do, if there's something wrong with it, and if you don't take care, God will have a meeting about your case. Because there's a time when we, we, you must not be hearing anymore. Not that you must not be hearing. You see, like, listen to Pastor Eddie uh, uh, speaking. He, he is now appreciating the word more than ever before. Because see, as you go ahead and you start your ministry, the word is even more important to you. But when you, when you are not even involved, the word does not mean so much to you. That is why we're even saying, go out there, get involved in the work. Let's, let's start branches. Let's do our best. And that's why we are going to learn how to do, how to preach about the anointing and all that before we go out of this place. Amen. The next one is, God wants to build towers. Towers. God is building buildings. Now He's building towers. Hey, where is He building towers? That is why God wants us to go deeper. Because he wants us to build towers. Luke chapter 14 verse 29 and verse 30. Luke chapter 14 verse 29 and verse 30. What does it say? Uh, verse, read from um, verse 28. Yeah. Which of you intending to build a tower? Amen. Amen. Go on. Let happily, after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begins to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish Amen. Amen. God is saying right here, Which of you, once again, would like to build a tower? Huh? And first of all, not cut. Why, why does God want to build a tower? A tower is something like a lighthouse, something that is seen from afar. Thank God for being buildings. But God is now interested in towers. Because He wants your influence to go further. When you see a tower, it is seen by more people than a shorter building. And God wants people in this world, more people in this world, to be influenced by you. Amen. God wants, God wants your effect to go further. Thank God for your nice little fellowship. Thank God for the few people you have in your choir. God wants your influence to go further. So He wants to make you into a tower. And that's why He likens, he likens t- taking up your cross after that. He said building a tower. After that He said going to war. These are similar things. They are all different ways of looking at the same thing. Taking up your cross is following the Lord to the very end where He wants to take you to. The next one is building a tower. It's like going as high and as high and as big as influential as you can be. The next one is, is uh, what do you call it? Going to war. And that is the ministry. Ministry is war to the end. It's war. The devil is after us to kill us. Oh yes. He's out to kill us. Out to... Me, I know that if the devil gets me to die now, he'll be very happy. Oh yeah. He will really like me to die. He will like to kill. It's not a matter. Now it's no more a game. The thing is serious. 
It's no more, it's no more what you call a thing. I've had people come to me telling me, I took you to a juju man to kill you. More than once. More than once. I've had people come and tell me that, I want to confess to you, I took you, I did black magic and so on to kill you. But it was not able to work. I've had more than one person coming to me with that type of story. One time somebody came up and said, he is the one who has done this and all. And I said, I don't even have time to listen. Just tell him that whatsoever a man so he reap it. So I leave it to you. You ask me what I say, I say what the Holy Bible says. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh yes, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your presence here today. Amen. God is saying that I'm taking you higher. Look, you people don't understand what you are what I'm saying. I, I don't think you understand. When I say God is going to use you to influence people. Far and wide, you don't have an idea. You yourself have ruled out yourself. When you have your own, you, lo- you have a low self-esteem, low image of yourself. When God even tells you great things, you just laugh. <laughs> Please, God has great things for you. I said He has great things for you that He's going to use you to do. When God told Moses, I'm sending you, go. Moses said, please, I'm not, I'm not a type. I'm not that type. I don't talk. I'm not that type. I'm, I'm a different type. I'm a shepherd. I just move around with sheep and I've been sacked from Israel. They want to arrest me for murder because I murdered somebody. God doesn't rule out people. Who, what do we do with murderers? Morena, what do we do with murderers? Arrest them. Take them to court. Isn't it like the O.J. Simpson? The whole world wants to eliminate murderers. That was, Moses was a murderer. He had killed somebody. But in that murder was the greatest leader of all time. In that murder was Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. That murder had it all in him. The great writings, the great teachings, the ability to lead a nation from one place to another, the ability to start and lay a foundation, which we are using in our law schools today. We are using this Deuteronomy and Numbers and all these things. In that murder, whom people have ruled out and they were chasing. <laughs> God doesn't rule out. And so, when God himself called Moses, Moses, Moses said, it's, I know what you are, it's Aaron you want. Aaron is the one who can do these things. <laughs> so, as I'm preaching now, some people are saying in their mind, okay, he's talking about Pastor Joel. Isn't it? Okay, he's talking about Pastor Eddie. He's talking about Pastor Richard. He's talking about all oh, that man of God. I am talking about you. Alright. The next one. The next reason why we must go deep is because our job as ministers and leaders is likened to fishing. Mark chapter 1, verse number 17. That is why we must go deeper. Mark chapter 1, somebody should read verse number 17. Mark 16. And they were what? Fishers. fishers. In another way of it's another way of saying they were fishermen. Okay. And Jesus said Come after me and I will make you to become fishers of men. Thank you. Sit down. Hey. If God is raising you up to make you a fisher of men, how many will agree with me that if we are going to catch anything substantial, we better start going into deep waters? 
If you want to stay and paddle around the, what do you call it? The shore and around the beach and the sand, you are going to catch nothing. The maximum you can catch is a couple of crabs. Yeah, and then maybe some stray fish which has, which has managed to stray out and it's maybe not feeling well. Yeah, when, fish is, when fish are not feeling well, that's when they come to the beach. So we, well, as soon as we stay in the, in the shallow water, we are catching sick fish, stray fish, I mean, some few crabs, and one or two shrimps around. And the real fish, they are out there, far in the deep waters. The real fish that we are called to fish, they are out there in the deep. You, you need deep water fishing techniques. You need to go out there and be where the deep... If you stand in a craft, you see the sea in different colors. It's like brownish, not brownish, but little brownish, then it becomes a little bluish, and then it becomes green. Deep green. You see how the, the levels have changed. And in, at night, when I used to go to pray on the beach, when we were studying the church, you, we would see the fishing boats far out there with their lanterns in the canoes. Out there in the night. Nosh! Remember? Yeah. You see the fishing boats far out there. They are there all night. Down there are the group of fish. Down there are the sharks, the whales. The real fish, the serious one, the real work. It's not a shallow man's job. Yeah. You know why some people don't eat shrimps and lobsters? Because those things are often near the sea. And then we, we send the toilet, the sewage, into the water. Okay? So when it goes into the water, the shrimps and the crabs and... They just bath with it, you know? They just have their bath in the morning. They scrub themselves with the, the toilet that has come from New York City. <laughs> then, then you buy. <laughs> then, then we buy them. You get it, and then we cook them, and we make them. <laughs> so, my father, my father had food poisoning in um, Las Palmas once from uh, eating uh, prawn salad. Prawn salad. Very serious. He almost died. Yeah. Because, and even in the Bible, they didn't eat those things. These shrimps and crabs. They don't eat all those things. The real fish are in the sea. <laughs> Look, before I, I, I came, I went to Pastor Oko's birthday. He told us to come to the beach. So we went to look for him. He told us the wrong beach. So we went to so many different places. And then we couldn't find him. So we went to uh, some beach nearby. We were with our children. So they were, we were just playing in the water. I didn't see any fish. But uh, we were with you, isn't it? Yeah. We had no intention of... We were not even intending to get wet, swim or whatever. And then some wave came and knocked us down. I tell you, we saw no fish in anywhere. There are no fish in a shallow part. Just a few days ago, I discovered from her, there's no fish. As I said, there's no, I'm not in danger of sharks. I'm not in danger, not even a, nothing. There's nothing. 
That is why some of us do nothing for God, because we are moving around the shallows. You can get some shelves, empty shelves. Yeah. Some seaweed. Are you going deeper? Are you sure? How many will agree that it's frightening sometimes to go deeper? Frightening. You know why it's frightening? Because sometimes you... you how many... How many to, to go out in the sea, it's frightening. You know, I, I'm, I'm scared to go further because I've been warned and warned and warned. Because I'm a swimmer, I'm a good swimmer. And I've been warned and warned. Say that no matter how good you are, there are currents that can take anybody. They can take you away. There are undercurrents. Sometimes the top looks okay. But you go down and there's a current going and And the thing can take the strongest of swimmers away. And I know of many strong swimmers who've died in the beach. I mean, in the, in the sea, swimming. It's just frightening. You get it? And even if you are out there on a boat, it's like it's frightening. And so that you wonder, can the fish not bite you? Because some of the fishes can bite. Amen. Are you listening to me? <laughs> Hallelujah. Sometimes it's frightening. It's frightening to see, to, to go out there. And many times, we don't want to go further. There are many of us who are happy to come and listen to Pastor Joel preach. Elder Rachel is preaching. Brother Bibi is preaching. Pastor Andy is preaching. A bishop is preaching. And now you have to come and stand out there yourself. Pastor Kojo is preaching. You have to come and stand out there now. And be a preacher. And everybody will look at you. When you are a preacher, everybody looks at your clothes. They look at your English. They analyze you. They think about when you tell them a story, then they start to extrapolate what it means. He's trying to say, well, from what he was saying, I think that we can see that. So that one pastor, I think that he has some marital problem from certain things that he was saying. I think, I think today he has quarreled with his wife. You know, you have to go out into the frightening aspect of ministry instead of their quiet peaceful life on the beach with no shark no nothing just happy go out there shall I? psalm 107 somebody's giving me a powerful verse here i see you going deep i said i see you going deep Psalm 107, verse number 23. They that go down to the sea in ships and do business in great waters. Mm. These see the works of the Lord and his wonders. Yes. Really? Really? Read it again. It's a powerful scripture. Huh? They that go down to the sea in ships, not swimming, and not in canoes, and not in rafts, not on logs. They go in ships. In other words, they spend money to do it. They invest, they do big, you see like the things we are doing now, they are big time. Big time television trucks, 
employing people in Ghana, employing people abroad, properties in Ghana, properties abroad. I mean, big time things. Printing books, publishing. Oh, it's not a simple thing. It's not a simple operation anymore. And they that go down in ships. Yes. Do business in great waters. Pastor Richard, are you noticing something there? Doing business in great waters. The sea is a frightening place. When the Bible says that, and the sea gave up the dead, that one alone should tell you that there are many people who are buried in the sea. Thousands and millions of people are in the sea. Even J.F. Kennedy and all those, Egypt, Swiss Air. This message continues on the next track. Keep listening.